Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, my friends. Me and Finn have been sitting here all week waiting for you so you didn't miss out. Luckily, we always carry emergency sandwiches for situations just like this. Damn only kidding. We actually travelled home and spent time studying a bit more about the Mothman myth and the men in black before we decided to make a return. We've already made the journey, my lovely Murthers. You join us as we are walking towards the barn. We should be totally safe because, much like Ebenezer Scrooge and the Ghosts of Christmas, we can neither be seen nor heard. My only concern is that the Anansi did say that the power and the magic that is used is actually anchored in the bike and the sidecar. The, let's call it the invisibility, may have a limited range. I guess we'll find out, folks. As we walk, I'll give you a quick recap of the previous episode. So last week, me and the wee man ventured back in time to be at the point of the first known sighting of the Mothman. And sight him we did. Turns out his name's Bertie, and he actually seemed very new at being a Mothman. The initial splat onto his face from his first attempt at flight was a clue to his novice abilities. After that, though, he did seem to find his very large wings and took to the sky after scaring the skedaddles out of some gravediggers. We followed on the cryptocycle, through the graveyard, through rough thickets that had some very pointy thorns, before we continued our trek through a massive cornfield. I got bedoined off the helmet by a corncob, but it caused no damage. Finally, we breached the perimeter of the field and saw a gigantic barn. Lights blazing and the letters M.I.B. on the side. Now, considering the connection that the men in black have with the Mothman myth. The Mothman myth? The Mothman myth? My tongue hurts, folks. Anyway, the connection with M.I.B. seems much more than a coincidence now. At one point, a platform lowered from out of the end of the barn and Bertie... At the second attempt, landed and made his way inside. Which brings us here. Walking towards the very illuminated and slightly imposing barn. We've come prepared. I am carrying a really bright torch that will hopefully affect the Mothman the same way as it does a standard moth. Big distraction. And around Finn's neck he has a sealed jar absolutely chock full of pens. Black pens. Blue pens, green pens, I've put in the pens that have got the choice of four colours in one. I've even put in a couple of pens that if you turn them upside down it reveals an image. In this case the image is of another pen. Now if you remember the pen incident from part one, I figure we throw these at the men in black, it will have the same effect as the light will have on the moth pen. Can you imagine these guys in Target? We're getting closer folks. I can't see any CCTV. That doesn't mean there isn't any, but it's looking comfortable. Now I'm looking at the front door. Is that too obvious and silly to try first of all? There's just darkness behind the glass panel. I'm having to assume that whoever's in there and whatever they're doing is being done in the main warehouse of the built. Oh boy. 
A pair of red eyes have just appeared. The door's opening. A mothman, that's not Bertie, is looking right at me. You know what, folks? I have a very sudden feeling that the invisibility power may not reach this far. I'm kind of scared here. He's walking towards us. A tall, very powerful-looking mothman. Oh, boy. Oh, hey, hang on. I just realised something. Finn isn't barking. Normally he would be going all kinds of crazy if it was something that was a threat to us, but as I look down at him, all I can see is curiosity in his eyes. <coughs> the boss would like to see you both. Come on in before you catch a chill. Before you enter, would you be kind enough to turn off any recording devices till the boss gives permission? It affects the MIU. Thank you. Follow me, please. The surprisingly high-pitched voice got me off guard slightly. Not to say that I expected the Mothman, or Mothmen as it may be, to be really nasty or inherently evil, but they are associated with being harbingers of disaster, so I guess I expected some feelings of discomfort emanating from them. He's starting to walk, so let's follow him in, kiddo. I'll hopefully speak to you again in a little bit, folks. Hello again, my Marthers. This is CK, back in the library, studio, minis. We're back at home, is what I'm saying. All is well. We had a very interesting time at the MIB barn. I recorded what happened, you see. And this was simply the easiest way for you to hear what went on. I'm just about ready to play the tape. You have a listen, I'll head out with the wee man, and I shall speak to you in a short wee wily. Enjoy! Come on, kiddo. So you're okay with me recording this? Most definitely. I don't have a problem at all. So it won't affect the MIU? <laughs> oh, that was Nathaniel having some fun with you. MIU stands for making it up. No, no, feel free to record. You seem confident that I'm not a threat to you in any way. Is there a reason for that? Oh, there is. I've had someone inspect your travel device. Ah, your look suggests surprise. Remember, we are the MIB. We are a lot lot more than you or anyone else knows. To use a stereotypical colloquialism, we ain't from round here. We can see, or at least recognise the workings of it. And we are friends with the Anansi CK, and his magic is recognisable to us. Simply put, if you have the trust of the Anansi, then that is more than enough for us. Plus, your canine is adorable, and I do actually like a pen. All I ask is that you only share these details with those that you can trust. Oh, that won't be a problem. Okay, so of the stories that I've heard about Men in Black, the common theme that reoccurs is that they seem slightly off. Oh, you mean we seem like weirdos? <laughs> no, no, don't worry, I'm just joking with you. That is part of our visible personalities. 
If we were to act as humans do, then we'd no longer have an air of mystery. I'm not saying that we do that for fun. There is a reason. Picture the scene. If we showed up somewhere, it's the dead of night. Some weird occurrence has gone on. We show up all dressed in black, looking sinister, but acting like humans. Then we would be perceived as more threatening and very real. Something that is real can be more easily dealt with. That leads to more investigations, more hassle, and the potential for discovery is increased many times over. However, if we show up and, for example, pick up a pen, giggle like a lunatic and then run away, it doesn't matter who reports that kind of behaviour. It's not taken seriously, and the people who investigate, they aren't seen as... as respectable as others. Oh, you mean people who wear silver foil hats and think that Elvis talks to them through the telly? Precisely. Also, this is the 1960s. Thanks to science fiction movies, the space race, special candy, and radio serials involving the outer planets, a lot of people are terrified by the idea of being taken by aliens and examined thoroughly. If they see something odd, who are they going to inform? That is true. So much is based on perception and presumption. What about the Mothman, though? What role do you play in this? And why? In the realm of myths, the Mothman is comparatively new. As you know, the Loch Ness Monster has been around for generations. You're aware of Nessie? Oh, yeah. Me and the family try to make it over to see her at least once a year. As I said, CK, there's a lot more to the men in black than people realise. Such is the term, men in black. I am a man, that is true, but my wife is a woman, but also a man in black. You can see I'm doing the human thing of air quotes. There's no need for us to complain or send a strongly worded letter to the press about it, though. The less that is known about us, the better. As for our connection to the Mothman, well, it's simple. We created them. You created them? They aren't born in an eruption of fire, or through a crack in the night sky. Well, that was vivid. No, they are born, for want of a better word, in a lab. Let's walk and talk. The MIB came to this area a long time ago, CK. It was a good place to have a base of operations. It's small, but not tiny. We needed somewhere rural. We actually sell the corn we grow. It's delicious, by the way. Anyway, to be very honest, we got bored. We got bored. It turns out that West Virginia isn't that exciting. I mean, it's beautiful and peaceful, but that's kind of the problem. It's so peaceful. Nothing happens here. There are no monsters in this region. Crafts of any size or shape or distance don't come here. There seems to be some form of invisible signal beaming from the heart of this place saying, It's lovely here, please don't spoil it. Seriously, it seems to repel those of a less than friendly nature. Can't you ask for a transfer to another place? No can do. Each group's mission is 100 Earth years long. You have to do that before you're reassigned. We've only been here for 43 years. 
We needed to do something to pass the time, and there's only so many times you can play Boggle without losing your mind. As we're sort of left to our own devices down here, we thought we would try and spark things up a bit, and, you know, create an entire new life form. Well, naturally. Yes, yes, I know. That doesn't sound like the next logical step. Step one, arrive and set up base of operations. Step two, investigate area and make regular reports. Step three, realize that West Virginia is very beautiful, but my goodness, it's dull. Step four, play Boggle. Step five, burn Boggle and create a new life form. Yes, I know it sounds odd, but that's basically how it went. We realized, after doing a good old stock take, we had the technology to attempt such a thing. We didn't actually mean to create what you've seen tonight. We only meant to create a new species of moth. But things kind of got out of hand a little bit. Ah, here we are. This is where the magic happens. I'm looking through a large window, folks, into a very stark-looking laboratory. There's two MIBs who are wearing the proper scientist attire, but, amusingly to me, they're still in the colour black. They're looking intently at a petri dish and using a dropper to, well, drop things into it. Some form of liquid. This is the beginning of the cycle. I fully admit, I'm a project manager. I'm an ideas kind of guy. And the science of this makes my brain melt. So I delegate and leave it to the appropriate departments. Now if we move along, you can see the next stage. We're moving along to the next room now and... Man alive! Would you look at that? Okay, folks, I'll try and describe this. If you've ever seen hospital dramas or films, you'll probably be familiar with the scene of the anxious parents looking through a big window into a room full of newborn babies, trying to figure out which one is theirs. Well, this was the same situation, except it was moth babies. Roughly 12 inches long, covered in a brown, coarse hair, eyes a softer shade of red. Oh, look at their little antennas are wiggling. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, hang on. It takes me a second to realise. They're wearing small brown raincoats. Are the coats used for heat? Amazingly, that's part of them. We have no idea if it's just natural or if someone accidentally left a tiny fibre from their coat in a petri dish. Either way, it took. And now they're all born with what looks like raincoats. Aren't they cute? Their growth rate is astonishing. These little ones here only hatched six days ago. Another month and... Follow me, I'll show you what happens after another month. You'll be okay, you'll be alright. You'll be okay, you'll be alright. As long as you fly from the light. As long as you fly from the light. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. Sound off. One, two, three, four. Holy monkeys. This is incredible. How old are they? I mean, in human years. This group are comparable to a 11 to 15 age range. We didn't realise, but this got way bigger than we were expecting. This is the more physical side of training, 
but it's more to do with discipline and creating a unit that looks after each other. We know it might be quite hard for them, but we want to do best for them. We've also got a school, we have exercise zones. Think of it as a camp, but without the pushy parents. What happens when they reach maturity? Depends on the individual. Some stay on as educators here, or they move to one of our other barns in West Virginia. After the top bosses found out what we did, and they always find out, they were a bit put out initially, till they realised we'd managed to create an entire new life form. A sentient and advanced life form. So, we assess them, and then we decide where is best for them. What about tonight then? Roberti. Was that a job as well? Becoming a myth? Ah, Bertie. I've such a soft spot for him. He's been trying so hard. But he hadn't managed to quite find his way. I think that changed tonight, though. I decided that this area needed a pick-me-up. The most exciting things that people can do around here are either visiting other towns or playing at the old TNT factory. This town needs some fun. This is still quite a new venture for us, as I've said before. Publicity isn't always the most welcome, but think of it. A brand new myth. How could we possibly keep that to ourselves? I ask you. Bertie is a work in progress. He's determined to achieve, and this could be his purpose. He did say that he had a couple of false starts. I mean, I could tell that from the bruise on his face where he said he landed on it, but he seemed generally pleased, if a little sore. I must say, he was flying really well when he got into his rhythm. This could be his new avenue. Here's hoping. I appreciate your feedback. Are you hungry? Let's take a trip to the cafeteria. Me again, my friends, back in the here and now. We went and had a bite to eat, and he did say he did have to go back and, you know, do his actual job. So we said our farewells after that. His hundred years is nearly up in West Virginia. I wonder if he'll want to stay, or wonder if he'll want to move on. And I wonder what happened to Bertie. The Mothman does show up now and again in the news. Different cities. Who knows, maybe they have a franchise now. I don't know. Anyway, my lovely Murthers, that's all from me this time. I hope you enjoyed this little delve into the Mothman myth. I hope you can all say Mothman myth quickly, three times. That's getting quite fun to say. There's no messages after the episode this week. Straight in and back to the action it was. So until next time, Slancha, your good health. <laughs>